welcome to the podcast. We've got fresh content from some of the brightest minds in the Bitcoin, blockchain, and crypto space. With feeds on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram that make it so incredibly easy to keep to the pulse of what's happening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and even hit the share button to send to someone you know who would love to know about this totally free podcast. Huge thanks to our main sponsor, UnoCoin, who are not only India's leading crypto assets blockchain company, but also the reason why this podcast is available to you completely free of charge. With that said, let's jump into one of the Blockchain Impact Conference talks that took place in Toronto, Canada on December 8th, 2017. Enjoy. So how many of you guys are actually have ever heard of Open Bazaar or are familiar with it? Okay. Um, so, Open Bazaar uh, uh, is a project, an open source project. It's a it's a decentralized marketplace uh, for for Bitcoin at the moment, and hopefully others soon. But uh, it started in 2014, and uh, we've been working on it for a couple of years. So I thought maybe uh, now would be a good time to take uh, a moment to talk a little bit about where we were. Uh, what what it is today and where we want to go with uh, Open Bazaar in the future. So uh, everybody knows what happened in 2009, right? Uh, so Satoshi uh, Nakamoto created Bitcoin. That's why we're all here. Um, and uh, while this was happening, at the same time as Bitcoin was coming out, there was another person uh, in a different part of the world. Well, I assume a different part of the world since we don't know where Satoshi uh, was located, but. Um, uh, thinking a lot about what the impact that a digital currency, sort of uh, a, programmable, a programmable money, could have on, uh, on the marketplace, um, and what that could do for the world. So in 2011, those thoughts came to fruition as the Silk Road. Now, uh, I don't know how many of you uh, uh, are familiar with the details of the Silk Road. I'm sure most of you understand that it was a drug marketplace. Uh, it was awful and it was horrible and it was a you know poster child for the dark net. But this idea stemmed out of uh, the concepts around uh, libertarianism, freedom, uh, giving users choice, control over what they decide to do with both their bodies and their businesses. And uh, it, it manifested in the Silk Road. Um, and it actually was one of the primary reasons why Bitcoin adoption happened so quickly. Um, if you look at the years that uh, Silk Road was in existence, the transaction growth was very high, and the majority of it was Silk Road. And so, uh, you know, when 2013 rolled around and uh, uh, Ross Ulbricht got arrested and, and captured for, for running the Silk Road, uh, there were many fears that the, the Bitcoin market would actually completely crash because of this. And uh, there was some impact, but uh, Bitcoin was more resilient than that and, and, and survived and, and obviously has gotten stronger over time. But um, the thing about 2013 and the Silk Road being shut down that uh, opened up some eyes is that we realized that even though Bitcoin is uh, decentralized in itself, the, the site that was being operated was not decentralized. It was actually very centralized. Uh, there's servers in Iceland that could be shut down. Ross was managing all of this from a library in San Francisco where they, where they uh, arrested him. 
um, it was basically a very centralized operation. And so that is not very resilient. So question remains, what if we could use Bitcoin combined with other technologies to create a marketplace that was not centralized and could not be shut down by any authorities or any other users or any other corporations or hackers, whatever. It was as resilient as Bitcoin. What if that can be done? And in fact, in 2014, in April, right here in Toronto, this team, the dark market team, came up with the solution for that problem. And they called it dark market. Uh, it actually won the hackathon that year. Uh, and what it did was it combined the concepts of a peer-to-peer -peer, uh, network, Bitcoin, and, uh, and an escrow system in order to create a marketplace that could not be shut down. This means that it wasn't one server in Iceland running the marketplace, it actually was all of the computers on the network running the marketplace, talking to each other in unison, so that if one was shut down, the rest of the network would continue on as if nothing had happened at all. So the idea was uh, they wanted to create a safe and untouchable marketplace for the planet Earth. Now, it's interesting that they use the word safe because you know most people would look at dark market right here and, and think, oh, that is probably the opposite of safe. Um, in fact, I'm pretty sure whatever's behind that, that launch screen is probably, yeah, horrible. But, um, but, but the concept around safe is really, it's about protecting the user's privacy about protecting their choice, their freedom. Um, as we all know, there are many places in the world where uh, users aren't free to decide what, what they can do. Um, you know, for instance, in uh, certain Arab countries, women can't even operate businesses. So uh, you know, the internet provides a very uh, opportunistic situation for, for people who want to be able to break out of the confines of their uh, social situation. But uh, unfortunately, the team behind Dark Market uh, wasn't, wasn't uh, they were a little bit more focused on another project at the time. In fact, the reason why they submitted the, the proof of concept was to win the prize money, which would allow them to continue work on their existing product. And so, uh, you know, I, I, one, of the, one, of the, uh, one of the team members, Damien, um, uh, he uh, he asked the question, you know, you know, what what what's going to happen now with the software, right? Like now that we've shown the world that this can be done, like who, who's going to who's going to use this and, and move forward with this? And okay, and and this is the product that they were working on at the time, which was Dark Wallet, which was the concept was, uh, you know, at this time most people were trying to use Coinbase or some other centralized uh, wallet hosting. Uh, provider and uh, Dark Wallet was an attempt to do the same thing for Bitcoin wallets. Um, but we decided to fork it, or specifically I decided to fork the software. And as you can see at the top, it looks just like Dark Market except it says Open Bazaar. And that's basically how it started. I mean, the beauty of open source is that anybody can take the code that's been put onto the internet and, and run with it and do whatever they, and do whatever they want with it. Um, Recently in blockchain, there's been a lot of questions around whether or not forks are good or bad or this type of fork or that type of fork. But I, you know, realistically, a fork is just a different direction. 
And what I personally saw in dark market was an opportunity to expand, not just uh, into, you know, it, not, not keeping it confined to the idea of just allowing people to sell drugs, but to create an entire open marketplace. Like, why couldn't Amazon adopt this type of approach? Why couldn't eBay uh, or Alibaba? This is the same kind of market concept. You know, why can't this be decentralized? And so the fork was uh, a way to start heading in that direction. So, <laughs> through 2014, a lot of hard work, as you can see here, um, we, uh, we toiled and toiled and toiled trying to get people to contribute to the project um, and, and work with the code that had been provided out of open source uh, contributions. But uh, that was not great, and we ended up rewriting it and releasing this, which we called version 1.0. So this is OpenBazaar version 1.0. Um, as you can see, it's pretty basic, but you know, conceptually it worked. Uh, people were able to, to buy items and sell items in, in exchange for Bitcoin. And uh, we actually got somewhere close to half a million downloads on the software people running it worldwide. On the very first day, we had over 200 countries uh, participating in the network, which is pretty insane when you think about it. Um, before, you know, peer-to-peer -peer networks and, and blockchain, the idea of launching a business in that many countries in one day is it's just unfathomable. Uh, so, more hard work through 2015. 1.0 becomes 2.0. So, uh, Two months ago, we released uh, 2.0, which is on the right. Um, it's a lot different. It's completely re-architected from the ground up. Um, we received funding from Andreessen Horowitz and Union Square Ventures 2015. We have several other investors involved now. But with that money, we were able to actually establish a company called OB1 and uh, have dedicated developers working on the project. And we switched to a technology called IPFS, which I don't know if you're familiar with, but it's a uh, it's a decentralized file storage network. And we work to create what we consider the best decentralized marketplace available. So why do we need these decentralized markets? I, I, I touch on it a lot, but you know, there's kind of three main pillars here. It's about freedom, it's about privacy, and it's also about the ability to have your community drive the growth of the network. Right? It's about how does that product get governed? How, how do people decide what happens next? Um, we're seeing a lot of that. I mean, there, there was what was mentioned over almost a thousand ICOs, different projects coming up with different governance models, different uh, technology. It's super important, but it's exciting because now, for once, it's not just some CEO dictating what happens. It's it's the people that actually use the platform that can decide where it goes. Uh, in terms of privacy, on a, on a marketplace like Open Bazaar. Uh, everything you do on the network is private. Uh, when you sell something to somebody, it doesn't travel through Amazon servers where they capture information about what you are looking at, what you're interested in, how much you bought, who you sent it to. You know, all this information is being collected by these companies and used to sell you more stuff or to sell to other companies for profit. Um, and a lot of times, it's used to squeeze out small businesses. We saw this week that Amazon, um, I mean, they've been doing this for months, right? Like, they, they look at the analytics and see, oh, 
fidget spinners are really hot. So then they go to the source of the fidget spinners and they convince them to sell Amazon branded fidget spinners. And they put it at the top of the list over all those other small merchants trying to make a profit over fidget spinners. I think it was Sweet Karma this week when I saw that they actually did that exact tactic, but they did it for counterfeit purses and then ended up getting sued for sourcing counterfeit purses. So that's what you get for doing that. Um, so what can you do on it? What can you, what can you buy or sell on, on Amazon, or off Amazon, on OpenBazaar? Uh, these are some examples of what's being sold on uh, OpenBazaar right now. The actual screenshot shows uh, an Airbnb type rental. Uh, it's a room for rent. Uh, and this person is renting this room out um, and they actually get to keep all of the profit. They don't have to give 20% to Airbnb. Um, so that's, that's pretty, pretty cool. And uh, digital goods and, and also services. So you can sell your employment. If you're a programmer, you can sell your, your programming services on the network and pay no fees. So power to the people, right? It's a peer-to-peer -peer network, which means that you're, you're working directly with other peers. It's not a peer-to-peer -peer network in the, in the Uber sense. It's actual peer-to-peer. -peer. You talk to the other person directly, encrypted, and you do business with them. It's just like if you were doing operating with them in the room. I mean, Bitcoin is, is supposed to be a digital cash, right? And you deal with cash peer-to-peer -peer with people. And, uh, and this allows you to get back to that concept and another powerful concept is the ability to earn Bitcoin. Um, you know, uh, everybody wants Bitcoin right now. Uh, and what do you do? You rush off to Coinbase and you have to buy the Bitcoin from there and you pay them a fee for that. But why can't we organically earn Bitcoin? Andreas Antonopoulos always talks about how he, he makes a living with Bitcoin, right? He earns Bitcoin. He demands it for, for products uh, or for services rendered, for speaking, for consulting. Uh, this is another avenue for people to earn Bitcoin organically. And you're able to control your own business. Um, much like running your own website, uh, you have full control of your store, the stuff that you sell, the pricing, the shipping, all of that is within your control. Just like running your own website, but much simpler. So what's in the future for OpenBazaar? The next big wave of uh, capabilities that we're going to be introducing to OpenBazaar is something we like to call curated content. And it will, it will first be manifested through something called channels, which you're seeing an example of what a channel might look like. Right now, it looks kind of like search results. But what's happening here is that users on the network, very similar to like a Pinterest-type concept, they are, they are picking and choosing certain content from the, from the platform and, and organizing it into a, a view that they control. And, and in the future, that activity will be rewarded. When you do that kind of stuff on Pinterest, you create, uh, you know, my favorite sneaker, you know, page. Pinterest gets lots of traffic to that, and they advertise on that, and they, uh, you know, they get you to buy those products through that channel. But none of that gets fed back to the users. Uh, in in our model, we're looking to figure out a way that we can allow people to monetize that hard work. You're bringing value to the network. You should be rewarded for that. Um, we're also going to be expanding into additional coins. So it's hard to deny that over the last six to nine months, we've seen a huge uptake of other currencies within blockchain, right? Like Bitcoin is no longer the only game in town. And uh, it's been very hard to uh, acknowledge it being a past Bitcoin maximalist, 
But, uh, you know, ideally, blockchain is a huge space and we want to be inclusive. And so we're going to be introducing additional currencies uh, to OpenBazaar. We're very, very close to uh, adding Zcash and Bitcoin Cash to the, to the system. And uh, hopefully Litecoin will follow afterwards. And uh, from there, it will hopefully expand. Now, the most contentious, we actually announced on Tuesday we're going to be working on a token. Now, uh, if you Google OpenBazaar token right now, you'll see a, a huge article. Number one link is, why OpenBazaar will never do a token. <laughs> because a couple months ago, we wrote a really long uh, blog post outlining why we thought uh, what was happening in the ICO and token space was super unhealthy um, and, and not necessarily uh, indicative of success for decentralized applications. Um, We've, we've worked really hard to consider that perhaps we may be wrong or maybe not as correct as we thought. And we feel that uh, we have some ideas that may make a token uh, much more uh, useful for OpenBazaar, but not in a way that like the token is, is the everything of OpenBazaar. OpenBazaar, the core protocol, works already. We know that. But the question remains, how do we get people to move off of incumbent platforms like Amazon and eBay? We, we very much can't compete on capital right now. They have billions of dollars to invest in R&D. We really can't reproduce the full stack experience because we don't have the tight control over data and, and uh, infrastructure. So how do we compete? I think the only real way that we're going to be able to compete in the future is by creating very interesting incentive models that connect people with a specific brand, or a network, right? Like when, when you think about uh, Bitcoin, we want you to think about OpenBazaar. When you think about selling something, we don't want you to say, oh, I should eBay that, or I should jump on Amazon. We want you to think, we want people on an OpenBazaar. We want to create an attachment. I think tokens do present an opportunity for people to feel some level of ownership in this new technology and be invested in the growth of it and, and the virality of what comes next. So we're hoping that by doing it appropriately, that a token may help uh, solve that problem. So just a quick snapshot, um, since uh, we're getting close to time here. Uh, it's a good start, what we've done so far. As I said, we've had over half a million downloads, about 50,000 listings on the network. Right now, we're seeing about 20,000 active users every week on the, on the platform, and it's growing. Um, but that's really just not going to be good enough to compete with the big boys. We have, to, we have to be able to grow this. Um, I think some of the stuff that I outlined for the future of Open Bazaar will, will make a considerable attempt at uh, getting us there. But it's hard to tell. We need you guys to help spread the word. So uh, hopefully you are interested in what you heard today and you are interested in learning more. Um, and if, in, if you want to go even further and help us out, uh, here's a couple things you can do. We'd love it if you visit openbazaar.org. You can read up about the technology. You can download the software. If you go to openbazaar.org slash token, you can actually sign up for more information on the token when we release the details. Um, most importantly, if you got something to sell or some services to offer and you want to try and earn some Bitcoin, download the software and, and get started today. And uh, we have several channels. We have Telegram, Slack, a subreddit. Uh, all these places with a lot of activity going on around Open Bazaar. So we'd love if you'd participate. And uh, that's all I have for today. So thank you very much.
Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with a friend you think would appreciate the send. Up next, more talks from past conferences. Thanks for listening.